All right, welcome back to another episode of the Purple Moose Podcast. Uh, Andrew Faust here with my brother Jeff. Jeff, how are we today? Well, I'm all right. I, I, I'm doing better than the last couple days. I haven't felt the best, but we're, we're better. Um, I'm ready to rock and roll today. Uh, post-deadline podcast. Um, sort of just, you know, we're all about 12 games uh, left in the regular in the, of the NHL regular season. So um, before we do our playoff edition podcast. So we're going to cover some uh, trade deadline deals and uh, evaluate some teams where they're at right now and how they've played lately. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really what we're going to be doing here. We're going to evaluate kind of who's hot, who's not, some uh, post-deadline edition uh, action here. Uh, Start off with the beer of the podcast. Jeff, we've got Surly Brewing's Sleek IPA. Yes, uh, this is a beer that me and Stafford had before our cloud trip. Um, I, I like it a lot. It's a pretty good beer. And, Should uh, we crack them? Crack them. Oh, look at that sound. All right, let's try them. Here we go. Oh, that's awesome. I like that a lot. I, uh, we'll give our uh, ratings on untapped at the end here, but uh, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about a couple things here. So the deadline has come and gone. Yes. Uh, arguably one of the, I, I say, busier deadlines that I've seen in the last 10 years, you know? Uh, yeah. To start off, I think the biggest trade that went down that day was the the Vegas Golden Knights acquiring uh, Mark Stone from the Ottawa Senators, and mm-hmm. they acquired him for uh, super prospect Eric Brandstrom. Uh, I think what else was like a second round pick in nineteen, yeah, second round pick in twenty twenty, in twenty twenty Lindbergh, Oscar Lindbergh, who was a former you know he was a bigger end prospect who kind of hasn't made it. Um, yeah, he he had been kind of in and out of their lineup whenever they need him. Um, so. Uh, you know, th- this trade to me, I got to give an A-plus on both sides for this trade. And I'll tell you why. To start off on Ottawa's hand, they got a super mega prospect out of the deal, you know? I didn't realize how good Eric Branson was until I started reading about him. Yeah, He apparently is one of the top prospects in the NHL. And it's surprising, you know, that Vegas drafted so well. You hate to see a guy like that leave your organization. But for the return of Mark Stone, who's basically been a – 60 to 70 point player his entire career mm-hmm. um they signed him to a mega rich 9.5 a year eight-year extension um love, love it a lot love you know that. they've acquired max Pacioretty, and mark stone paul stasny their lineup is starting to yeah. look really impressive and they've gone on a really good run ever since acquiring mark stone uh what, what did you think about the trade I really like the trade a lot, especially for Vegas. Uh, again, they are signal- signaling to their fans, like they did with the Pacioretty trade, that they're they're in it for the you know for a cup run here in the next few years. I mean, yes, you would like to see some of those high end prospects that they draft develop within their system, but um, but you know what? It's it's interesting because those two picks, uh, Suzuki and Brandstrom, they acquired um, in the expansion draft because teams want to get rid of some dead cap like the Grabowski contract yep. and then the David Clarkson contract. So Vegas said, all right, we'll take those guys. And, they still have and they center still, Cody Glass who is... is yeah, and, and that's the, and, and I think for them to not still keep that guy on their team, I think that's a huge win for them. Yeah. I, I, I really think he's going to crack in their top six. And remember, the they still have all their picks intact now. Yes, they give up a second rounder, but they got the second rounder from Pittsburgh for next year. They're still full rife with picks they don't they have a first round pick this year they've got the draft capital without having to go all in and if you're gonna do it this is the way to do it you know Mm. you hate to lose a guy like Brandstrom right but when it gives you eight nine basically a playoff run in eight more years of Mark Stone who is only 26 years old yeah that is a great return well and then you look at it too with Vegas they've they've been linked to trying to get Eric Carlson on their team. So they could always give it a shot in the summertime to say, hey, can we... Eric Carlson play? hasn't signed a contract yet. He still and, hasn't signed that extension with San Jose, so... And, and I'll be honest, not to keep jumping around here, but this is going to be kind of a quick podcast. Yeah. Eric Carlson, I have a feeling he's not going to stay with them. I, I, I just have a feeling that, you know, if he, if he wanted to, he would have signed the extension already. Right. You know, I, I mean... I don't even think they're going to go. I don't think unless they were in the Cup Finals. Yeah, and I don't even see them getting past the second round. To be really? honest, their mm. Western Conference is, dude, it's meaty this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll kind of disagree with with you on that a little bit. I I kind of feel the Sharks will turn around uh, once the playoffs start. I, I feel like a guy like Martin Jones has had a d- down year. Will will they'll get things going uh, once the playoffs start? In my opinion, I think they can make the 
the Western Conference Finals. But going back to Eric Carlson, you know, that, that guy, he – I think the other thing, too, with the Sharks is can you really afford him? I mean, man, they've locked up so many of their core guys to long extensions already. It's like – He's going to command a, a Drew Doughty contract. Yeah, it, it, but – and you also have to look at the, the Sharks. It's like do you really want to give him that contract, especially with his lingering – Injury issues, you know. Right yeah. now, he's, he apparently he's not going to be back until the first round of the playoffs because he's suffering from a groin injury. He had that foot, ankle injury, whatever it was last year. Um, yeah, he's been a little bit banged up. When yeah. he plays, he's he's the best. Right, in my eyes. he might be a top three player in, in the entire world. I, I think it and, goes, you know, Crosby, McDavid, and Carlson right. to me. But I mean, and he's twenty nine years old too. Yeah, you know? this is. This is going to be an interesting development because ultimately, if you're the San Jose Sharks, you did not give up a huge cache of, of draft capital and prospects mm-hmm. for them. I mean, they got a really good deal for them. Yeah. And and maybe that's the conversation right now is if, you know, maybe he goes to free agency, a team like Vegas would want to pick him up. And I don't know. It, it is interesting to say, but that was, to me, the biggest trade. Let's run through some of the other big ones. All right. So one of the other trades that happened earlier at the start of the day uh, was the – was the Winnipeg Jets acquiring Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers for Brendan Lemieux, uh, 2019 first-round pick, and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2022. i got to say right now, I love this trade for the I, I really the like Rangers. this trade. I, I, well, and I think for both star sides. Yeah, I, the, for me on the Rangers side, they get the first-rounder. Yes. They also get Brendan Lemieux, who, if you watch him play, this kid fucking bangs. Yeah, you know he's, he's I mean? a grinder. He's, he's he, a He's, he's the type of guy that you could absolutely around. have in your in your bottom six or like in your top six. Whereas like I don't know, I really like Brandon Lemieux. I think he's turned out to be a, a, a nice player. Um, Jets did a nice job getting a guy that can slot into that second line. See, who can pot a couple goals, big body, a guy who can score, shoot the puck. Uh, you and, know, I, not to jump around, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna do it. Sure. We'll come back to this, right? Okay. Okay. The other the the trade that really grinded my gears yeah. was Mikhail Granlin getting traded from the Minnesota Wild straight up yeah. for Kevin Fiala. Okay. And I gotta tell you, I'm pissed about this trade. Okay. Mikhail Granlin is a perennial sixty to seventy point player. Yes. He's not as big of a body. He doesn't score as much, but you, you look at his production, it's not that off from Mark Stone. And no. they traded him straight up for Kevin Fiala, who's a nice a nice I, player. I, I like I like them getting Fiala. But that's but it, it. But that's it. Yeah, a it, one for one trade. I'm sorry. You know what bugs me, and and I've been through this for a while. Minnesota Wild fans are are, are basically. It's almost like they're in an abusive relationship. They're just like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's that's the best we could have got. Fucking bullshit. That is not the best you could have got from a Kyle Graham. No. I'm sorry if they said, well, you know, he he only has, you know, he's in a contract here next year. In the offseason, teams would have lined up to make you know to oh, go after a guy like McCaw. They would have given up more for a grand. He's a two thousand what ten draft pick. Yeah, he's young. He scores. He puts up points. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect second line center, if not a top line guy. Right. And you gave him up for a guy who, honestly, you know, he had one decent year. He's had a down year. Like this is what they like. I'm sorry, but Paul Fenton to me, you suck at your job. The Niederreiter trade you completely fucked up. He's got yeah. what twenty one points in twenty four games. Yeah, with he, them. Niederreiter has gone off since that trade. Which um, you haven't even had. Vic, he's got one goal in ten games and hasn't played. Yeah, you know you, the Donato trade for Coyle. I think everyone agreed we liked that because you got a young prospect who was on the higher end of yeah. of, of people's lists, and, and, and you a got a pick, rounder. and you got a pick. That's, so, 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 so here, here's what I'm gonna do: thumbs down on Niederreiter, thumbs up for um, getting Donato. Sideways on Granlin and Fiala because Fiala is a younger player. He provides speed. He's got some playmaking abilities to him. I, I, it, but but yes, you should have probably commanded a second round pick. You know, and that's the other issue here with Paul is he's so attached to the old Nashville regime. Like I wanted this player so bad because and, he was one I, of, same thing with Pontus Aberg. Yeah, and he it's wants just his like, guys he drafted. You know, and that's the other thing too. I'm hearing that when, um, more more likely Boudreaux's gone, that he's going to bring in Dean Evanson. I've never, I don't know what this guy's uh, track, track record is. He's the assistant for Minnesota right now. Fenn brought him in as the assistant, but I, 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 I'm this, here. I'm hearing that he could be the next coach here. And I, you I know have what? No clue. It's not Boudreaux's fault though. He yeah. has. I'm sorry. 
It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I don't mind you moving on from the core. I don't mind that at all. I think that's no. the right play. No, you know, I, the team I, I wasn't agree. winning. You weren't going to get a cup out of this roster. Right. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. However, you know, it's almost like the law of diminishing returns where it's like you have to get something for your players. You have to be a talent evaluator. Yeah. And basically fire sailing guys in these bad trades it's like you're not going to get to your goal doing this it's going to take you much longer yeah. to get to your goal because you you can't get a pick out of it like i got to give david pool a lot of credit he turned kevin fiala uh ryan hartman in a pick for wayne simmons and Macau granlin that is an amazing deadline return mm. and regardless if they win a cup or not you got to if you're a nashville fan you got to be happy with those two players Oh, Kyle Granlin, like that is, they are deep, and and so I, I again credit to David Poole, but Paul Fenton to me, like I don't, I think he, this is a great example of a guy who who's really good at his role and, and shouldn't be in the role he's in now. Well, it, he's a great assistant, y- yeah. But here's the other thing: too. you have to be a negotiator, right? But now the other thing too is let's go back to Chuck's first year with Minnesota. He made a couple bad trades. And it didn't like the Letty trade was the biggest was the biggest debacle. Yeah, but it, and then he you know again we've evaluated all of his trades afterwards. At the time when he made some deals along the way, like Heatley for Havlat, um, you know the Dubnik trade, the Burns trade, the Burns trade. You know, but, um, you know because you, you look at you look at it and I don't know. I he 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 could he can make some bigger trades down the road, and I think he will. I. But the samples, I, I don't disagree with your point. Yeah. I think it's a great point, too. Fletcher made some questionable trades because this is a roster tenure, he yeah. inherited. You're but right. but you got to look at it. The Letty trade didn't work out. However, at the time, Cam Barker was consistently a 40-point defenseman mm-hmm. on a really good team. Yeah. You know, a former number three pick, only Behind. one spot, Ovechkin and Malkin. Yeah. You know, I wish, you know, Chicago probably wishes they didn't lose out on that draft because they would have gotten an all-world player, although they won cups. Who cares? We're not talking about Chicago on this podcast. But I just, man, that trade at the time, I was like, man, that's maybe not the return you should have got, but he took a chance at something, right? Right. You know, I just think, man, Paul Fenton, to literally walk away from Niederreiter, Granlin, and Coyle, and all you're really getting is a shitty contract and player in Rask. I don't like Victor Rask. No. He's trash. This This is a worse trade. Then the uh, the Tyler Ennis Marcus Foligno trade, oh my god, which was a horrible trade. Oh, Buffalo I, got rid of two shit contracts. They got in a top four defenseman, mm-hmm. and they got a guy who you know with folklore scores goals for them. Pominville, uh, the population of Pominville. Absolutely. Can we now? Can we transition? Well, those were some of the meaty trades. Of Sorry, the I apologize. And so, so I want to get into um, some teams that have been hot, have been, have not been hot. But let's transition to Buffalo because. Man, like, what does this team have to do to, like, be relevant? I made like, a – Because since their 10-game winning streak – They've been shitty. They've been bad again. It, it, it makes no sense. I made a bet at the beginning of the year. I'm going to lose $20 because Buffalo fucking sucks. Pardon my language, but you suck. Uh, I made a bet, 20 bucks. Buffalo makes a playoffs. With the roster I, I had – I said they would make the playoffs too. Though. For sure. And then – you know, in November, I'm like, holy crap! Like, they they're not. Like, I don't think they're going to keep it up, but I thought, like, for sure, they're in the conversation. You yeah. Know? But it's just like, and you got to give uh, what's his uh, Botterill Botterill some credit. Like, he made the the Brandon Montour trade. Like, that wasn't a bad trade. Like, I like he that got trade. a top four defenseman at a young age who's going to probably stick around long term. That was a nice trade. I mean, Jack Eichel is producing an all world. Jeff talent. Skinner, he made a great trade with Skinner. He, Skinner, like, right what does this team need to do? Like, well, and I don't even mind the goaltending there. I think Carter Hutton's not a bad goaltender. I think they really misevaluated the Leonard situation because Leonard is all world right. Well, now. yeah, you know, I think you might have needed to give him another year to put him around some good defensemen like well, uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Here's my problem Dahlin. with the, with the Leonard situation. He said he wasn't mentally there. Yeah, he said yeah. he was having struggles. You know, uh-huh. and to me, one of the most disappointing things in the world it, to hear is that a player literally will come out and say, "I'm having mental health issues." Yet, for some reason, management wasn't all over that and saying, like, what can we do to help you? What can right. we do to make you better? Like, what can we do to to, to help you get, you know, 
through these trying times. And they, it seemed like they kind of just walked away because they always were saying shit like he's a head case, he's weird, all this stuff. And it was super disappointing to hear that's how it played mm-hmm. out because he goes over, you know, Robin Leonard was a highly regarded player when he came in the league for Ottawa to go over to the Islanders of all team with a worse defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's having like almost a Vesna caliber year there. And it's right. just like, so. Okay, move past that. Olmark is your guy, right? Hutton's sure. your guy. Whatever. Yeah. The defense is solid. Yeah, they've they've done. They've made some good strides with the defense core. In my that, opinion, the forward group isn't bad at all. I mean, you've how many top picks have you had? Like, I just don't. Well, like you know, you look at like Middlestad right now. Um, He's you know what he 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 got rushed. I think he needs some time in, in the age. He got rushed. Yeah. I really like Middlestad. I, I think he's going to be a really special player. He got rushed. He shouldn't be in the lineup. And it's yeah. not to say he's not going to be great. It's just to say, like at this point, you know, I mean, he's. I, I think I looked at his stats the other day. He's really put up like nothing, like twenty to, points this year. I think, which isn't bad for like your first year. But as a highly regarded prospect, give him time with the Amherst. Like let him work like his his game down there. Like he's young. I think he's like maybe under twenty years yeah. old still. So they rushed him. They did this. They did the same shit with Reinhardt too, though, and it was so disappointing. It's like, although, although Reinhardt, he's he's having a great year this year. But it took him. If you look at Reinhardt, it took him like four years to. Took get him there. four years to get there, and like, man, if you go back to that draft when he went two after Ekblad and number three, Drysaddle. Oh my God! Like, can we talk about the Oilers real quick? <laughs> yes, let's talk about the Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers might be. The biggest bullshit fucking franchise in the last 20 years. I don't care you went to the Stanley Cup Finals once. You've been given 50 first overall picks, and you can't fucking put a roster together. Honestly, you look at it, the Oilers and the Sabres are, like, pretty identical teams just in different conferences. Like, yes. a team that just stacks, that has that gets a lot of great high-end draft picks to put on the roster, but they can't seem to figure it out. And the, But I think the Oilers are, well... The Oilers, at least they've been in the playoffs with the McDavid era and won in the playoff round versus Buffalo not being in the playoffs. But I feel like Oilers are are behind right now the the Sabres. Just like just like they right. they can't they can't get it together. Let's opinion. unpack this. So you fired Peter Shirelli, who I don't think deserves a job in hockey ever again. He might Oh, that was the worst GM job I've ever, ever seen. I've ever I've, seen. I've ever seen. The, the amount of dismantling, and you talk about me being pissed about Paul Fenton. Peter Shirelli makes Paul Fenton look like fucking a genius. A genius you know what I mean? <laughs> I was going to say, he makes him look like David Poole. You know? <laughs> you know, so I don't know, man. But So the Shirelli thing's over, right? We moved on. But they sat at the deadline, and they did nothing. They made no trades. And at a certain point... I would have said, you should have you should have called the Rangers and said, hey, we want to unload Milan Lucic, we want to unload Andre Sakara, we want to unload so and so, and we're going to put Polyarvi in the deal. I need to, you know, if you're going to start fresh, you know what, scorch the earth. You've got two future, I think, could be Hall of Famers. Obviously, one in McDavid, two in Drysidle. Right. You need to start. You need to scorch the earth completely and try again. Darnell Nurse is a really nice piece in the back end. That Kostinen deal is just so disappointing because oh I thought Cam Talbot was a better goaltender. Yeah. I don't understand how we're, how we're there, but that's a Peter Shirelli move. But I think right now, you know, you go into this offseason because they're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're going to get another top pick. They'll yeah. probably get Jack Hughes. Oh, my God. If, if, if they, they get Jack, Jack Hughes. I'm going to flip over some furniture. How about this? If the Edmonton Oilers get Kako or Jack Hughes, I quit this podcast and I'm done forever. <laughs> Mark my words right now. Oh man, I will be done with the Purple Moose podcast if they get a top two pick this year. I'm over it. I can't. I cannot talk hockey anymore because there's something so fucking rigged about it. Yeah. Well, it's just it's stupid because like for the Oilers had have four first round for four first overall oh, picks. picks. In the span of six years, and two of them they got rid of and got I mean, minimal returns. Let's go back. Let's go. Let's go back to the 2012 draft, the Neil Yakupov draft. Yep. Let's go back to that. Understanding when we going in there, there wasn't huge hype over Neil Yakupov. Well, yeah, it, 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 everyone said this is going to be a really rough draft. It was a rough draft. Why wouldn't you go into that and maybe trade that pick and just say because you you heard what. The Islanders were willing to give up for Ryan Murray. Their entire 
draft. Entire draft. What? You never heard this story? I didn't hear this story. All right. This is a great story. 2012 draft day. Gar Snow walks up. I don't know if it was Keiko Linen or whoever it was at the time. Maybe it was Scott uh, Hausen? Yeah, Scott Hausen or Steve Tambellini. They were in charge. They were in charge. Walked up to him and said, I really want Ryan Murray. I'll give you... I'll, I'll give you my pick and my second and my third. And he goes, no, you need more. And he goes, calls him 10 minutes later, and he goes, I'll give you my first through seven round picks for this year's draft. I'll give you my entire draft if you can, if you can switch spots. Just to move up two spots? To get Ryan Murray. That's how bad he wanted him. Oh, my gosh. Scott Housen turned him down, which, God, would that have been a great trade for Scott <laughs> Housen, right? Because, I mean, you had Hampus Lindholm wind up being good. Yeah, you know. The Ducks snuck him out of there, but Griffin Reinhardt never worked out. Griffin. Who was the three spot in that draft? Three spot uh, was Galchenyuk. Yeah, he ended up being good. But so anyways, you go to that draft, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, and you're like, all right, we've got two first overall picks in this roster. We really, really, you know, we've also got uh, Eberle right now. We've got, uh, who's back, Sam Gagne. We've got the forwards. You know, uh, Magnus Parveri is on their roster, who they're really high at this point. Why not trade that pick? Yeah. Why not take the defenseman? Yeah. But they took Neil Yakupov, and it was just like, watching highlights on him, he tore it up in the OHL for Sarnia on a team that literally would win 8-7 to seven every single game. Yeah. Played no defensive hockey. Oh, Did yeah. not know a 200-foot game. Yeah. And he's out of the league. He might go down as the most disappointing first overall pick in, in I, since... I would say, yeah, most disappointing since Patrick Safan. Easily. Easily. So, again... All these things that we can talk about the Edmonton Oilers doing wrong. All right, so now you got Keith Gretzky, brother of Wayne. And I'll tell you, yeah. do you know that Keith Gretzky has an uh, all-time record in the NHL? Most combined points of a brother in the NHL history. Wayne Gretzky has like 2,800 points. Keith's got four. Yeah. So he's got a record. Okay, he's part of a record. He's part of a record. So Keith Gretzky, he's got to go in this offseason. What do you think he's going to have to do? Well, here's the thing. Is it going to be Keith Gretzky's job for the offseason? In my opinion, I don't think so. I think they're going to look I, – I I just hearing Bob Nicholson, who's the president and CEO of the Oilers. Smart guy. It, yeah, yeah. He when was, they brought Bob Nicholson on, he, he was he was president and CEO of Hockey Canada. He he knows the business. He he sat in his press conference. He goes, you know, we got we got to really do a deep search here. Like like we need to really evaluate and really find the right guy for this job. So. I mean, you, know who I, Gret- you know who I think would be a great guy? Who? Who do you think I'm thinking of? I I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Stay in the Pacific Division. I think Don Maloney would be a great. Player. Don Maloney. Well, okay. So here, here's another candidate that I'm hearing his name. Uh, uh, Kelly McCrimmon. So oh, McCrimmon. The, yeah, yeah McCrimmon would be good. I've heard a lot. That I've heard some. You know, he, he could be the. He could be one of the front runners. The thing you have is you've got. The cap's going to keep going up. The league's doing well, right? Right. You've got McDavid. You've got Drysidle. You've got the core right there. You just need those two. And to a lesser extent, you've got Darnell Nurse on the back end. What I think – I'm high on Darnell Nurse, by the way. I like Darnell Nurse a lot. I thought that was a really good pick. I thought for, I think Darnell that. Nurse – He's to me, he reminds me a lot – you know, he's a lot of like a Wynerski, like his, his speed and his ability, yeah. but he's got physicality to him. I think Darnell Nurse can end up being a really nice player in this league. Um, you got to go in. you got to make moves. you got to make moves instantly. By the way, too, uh, joining us on the podcast, Kurt. Kurt's here. Kurt's here. He's just hanging uh, out. He's just Jeff, give out. me your initial thoughts, or not initial, but your longtime opinion of Kurt. Just a freaking beaut. He's one of the best, right? That's right. Would you say he's your favorite cat you've ever met in your entire life? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's your he's your nephew cat, right? Like Absol- he's, absolutely. Oh, he's he's so sweet, right? Hey, Kurt. Oh, oh, look at that. He just wants to be one of the boys. He wants to have a beer. Kurt, crack a beer. <laughs> Let's crack a beer for Kurt. Oh, there you go, Kurt. There we go. Anyway, anyways, sorry. Gotta, moving back, on here. Moving Going on. back to Edmonton. Pulley Airview. Kaylor Yamamoto, whatever that fucking kid's name. All their top guys, yeah. their top picks, outside of those three players, in my personal opinion, including Nugent Hopkins, on the block, get rid of some of the contracts, start over. Because if you can yeah. build a roster, even if it takes you two or three years, who gives a shit? Sidney Crosby won his first cup, what, three years into the league? Didn't win his second one for another nine years. Yeah. You know? Sorry, excuse me. Seven, eight, seven. seven years. Excuse me. But you get where I'm coming from, right? Right, yeah. You, you know, here's the thing, too. They, they got the Oilers have... 
I mean, and then let's go back to a guy who just recently won the Cup, Ovechkin. Took him 11, 12, 13 years to win his first Cup. McDavid has, still has a long career ahead of him. They can, yes, Dreisaitl they, is an absolute superstar. So here's what you do. You 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 evolve, you build the team around McDavid and Dreisaitl as your one-two punch. I, I personally think try and find a team that – a trade partner for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I've been saying this for the longest time. Like, for instance, like, I thought the best trade partner would have been Oilers, Canadians, Nugent Hopkins yes. for Max Pacioretty. Yeah. They, because they, literally, Nugent Hopkins was slid as your number one right there in Montreal. Yeah. And Pacioretty would be your top line winger alongside McDavid. That would have been the perfect trade. I don't know why. How about you know, this? Why, how, how about a trade of the podcast? Nugent Hopkins for a first and a third to the Montreal Canadiens in this year's draft. Montreal gets their number one seed. They've Montreal, you know, we talk about bad GMs. We talk about Montreal's GM for a while now and, and how we thought Mark Bergen has just been kind of, I don't know. under Underperforming. But you got to admit the Max Domi trade really worked out. I like Jonathan Drouin. Drouin's playing really well. You know, Thomas, Thomas Tatar seems like he's having a career revival, which is just great for them. I love I love to see trades work out for both teams. Absolutely. And then let's look at Philip Deneau. Yes. And they got him in the Chicago trade. And then here's the other thing, too. I look at it. Montreal's thin up the middle, but you look at Nick Suzuki, Jesperi Kakakniemi, Ryan Paling, SCSU. Oh, SCSU. I mean, Ryan Paling, I think, is going to be a nice player. So they've got guys. Like, they got you get they, a trade, get something going, but they, they need a number one center. Yeah. And that cap hit, I mean, even if it's just draft capital, what if, like, we even paired them? Like, what if we paired Ryan Nugent Hopkins and. Milan Lucic, and added in, instead of it being a first and a third, maybe just being a second and a third, right? Right. Because then you get your guys, and they get the they get the Lucic contract off, and I think Lucic would do so well in Montreal. That's funny how Lucic goes to Montreal after he was a thorn in their side for years in Boston. That, I, I think he... But, he, but here's my but thing he with would, him. He would embrace it, though. Here's know? my thing, though. I like Milan Lucic. I, I really do. Oh, yeah. I, you know, he has... What a career he's had. He, I mean, I used to hate him, and that's, but then I always end up like loving players after I hate them. But god damn, is he, he's effective when he's effective, but his cap hit and what they're currently chasing, it doesn't line up. No. You can't, you can't pay him the money, you know, and mm-hmm. again, he, he scored a contract he's deserving of, you know? Yeah. He was a Stanley Cup champion. He was an enforcer who was scoring 60 points a season. And know? he could play on the top line, too. He, he had success with, Boston, you've had success. Success. I, I love with Milan LA. Lucic. I love Milan Lucic. I just think, God, his LA tenure was weird. I, I just think that was a good. He, honestly, like he played well in that one year with LA. We gotta talk LA in a minute. Okay. I, I just think that when you look at it, when it's all said and done, I, I think he needs to go to a team that's building up. Not, we need to have a full. Yeah. Roster. Agreed. All right. Why don't we move on to LA here? Okay, LA. Surprising. Didn't do much on the deadline. I, I thought we had a potential. I thought we had a potential Jonathan Quick trade maybe going to happen. I think that will happen in the off season. Jonathan Quick, I think, man, he, he, I think he'll get shipped out in the off season. I, I thought a guy like Toffoli would have would have moved in my opinion. Yeah. And I think I think Toffoli and Quick. I think they'll get rid of those two guys. Possibly Jeff Carter, but 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 with Jeff Carter, he will only go wherever he wants to go. I, I heard I heard they're willing to eat half the salary on uh, Kovalchuk to get him out of there. You're right, you know, I and, think he could go on a, a team if if you're only paying him like three a year. That's not for bad. only two more years. Yeah. I would I would do it. I mean, because again, you, when I I looked over their contracts after the Dowdy signing, and I read an article like, yeah, Dowdy signing. I mean, they locked in their franchise defenseman for the next eight years, but costly, and you gotta be a little worrisome if you're a Kings fan because of how many. Big bloated contracts you have, and all and all these aging stars on their team. They need to get younger. Obviously, they need to get younger. Um, and I, I like the Jake Muzzin trade that they got. Or, you know, first Muzzy. pick and then two yeah. two prospects along the way. Um, like I said, move off to fully for like a second rounder. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe again eat up half the salary for a cold chuck and get like a second rounder. I mean, acquire some picks, get some cap off your team. I, I think in, in Rod Blake, I think he, he knows he, he, he knows he knows this. He knows, he knows the they're in a really bad place. But here's my thing with them. Right now, I agree with everything you're saying. Hindsight's twenty twenty. 
This should have happened a while ago. You yeah. got two cups out of that roster, and you started signing these guys. Like, I just like don't. I th- I think I don't understand. In this is no disrespect. I don't understand how the Dustin Browns, the Brent Seabrooks of the world, get these massive contracts when it's like you you have to look objectively at every single player. You can't look through rose you know colored right. lenses. You got to look at it and be like, all right, well. Anyone who fucking has the physicality of Dustin Brown is going to slow down. And he had a great year. They had a phenomenal year. Every everything went right from last year, and they oh, still yeah. got bounced. Yeah, you know, and it was it was weird. They they've had what was it after that fourteen cup win, uh, fifteen they missed out of the playoffs, sixteen great year, uh, seventeen missed the playoffs, eighteen another great year. Um, you know, I would have you know you look at. They should have maybe done it earlier. They probably should have done it a year or two early. But then again, too, the team won two cups in the span of three years. I think the fans, too, they want to see competitive. I want to say something, too, about this. Here's my Chicago comment, and it irks me to this day. 2014, they did not deserve to win it. Chicago was a better team in the Western Conference Finals and went to Game 7 overtime. Chicago should have won that game. Bunch of bullshit calls in that game. I'm still pissed about that. The Chicago, LA, the LA flying elbows. You, you the made. flying elbows. <laughs> Dustin Brown just skated with his elbows in the air and was clipping guys in the face. You know, Marion Gabrick fucking like he put a stick in. Uh, I think it was like Keith's face and scored a goal like 30 seconds later. That should have been it. Should have uh, called. They got away with so many calls. Chicago would have rolled New York in the fucking finals. Yeah, right. You know, but he, here's one thing I'll say about that series. It might have been one of the best playoff series I've seen in a long time. It was that great. Was it just entertaining. The, the yeah, was I, so disappointing because I know. Yeah. It, it's just four four cups in six years, man. I mean but you gotta be happy with what what, what Chicago's done. Again, you, you knew I was gonna talk Chicago. Right. I have to. Uh, can I really talk Chicago real quick? <laughs> it's I, it's hey, it's our podcast. It's right? our podcast. Yeah. All right. I gotta make another shout out. I mentioned this on a previous podcast that was um, actually we can never upload because Podbean is fucking horrendous. Podbean, you're the worst podcasting hosting service in the world. You fucking suck. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, because of you, we had to completely switch and, and change a ton of stuff. We're now on Anchor. Anchor, you guys are amazing. We love Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. Eric Gustafson, fifty point defenseman. Leading the lead, he's like top four in points on that roster. That roster is scoring at an intense. Patrick Kane's got, I think he's got ninety nine points. My guy, Kane's having a Taze. Taze is a point per game player. Let's talk about another guy. Okay, you know we talk about trades that maybe haven't worked out as as well. Yeah, Max Domi. That trade did not really work out. It hasn't worked out as well for Coyotes as it is the Canadians. Yep. I know Nick Schmaltz is a good player. I know he got injured, but. Dylan Strom looks elite. Oh, Dylan Strom, yeah, that trade. You know, it's, it's, that might it, turn the franchise around. We that should, might be like when you talk. Everyone was like, Stan Bowman did this, this, and that. We talk like the negativity. That trade just might have extended his lifeline for another two years. Let's talk about those two teams first. Let's talk about Chicago with all those because these, these teams have made three trades in like a span of a year and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. But the Strom trade, yeah, brilliant trade on Chicago's part. Trade that worked out for both teams, in my opinion. 100%. 100%. And, and here's the thing. Strom is now, they've finally found a number two center. For the longest time, they have not had a number two center behind Jonathan Taze, even when they've won those he's, three cups. He's not even off his ELC yet. He's got another yeah. year. Like, he's still, it's, I mean, he's he, he, he's he got needed, like 42 he, points he in 45 He needs a breath of fresh air, for sure. And Man, then Perlini, he looks good. Has lighted up. Has lit oh, up Perlini's scoring it like you know he he had a hard time getting in the roster, but God, that's a trade that worked out for both teams. Like those two were not producing on the Coyotes. Yeah, they shipped him out for a guy like Schmaltz, who I really think is going to be a nice player, a top six forward for them. Sucks he got injured. I think yeah. Schmaltz is a really good player, but fuck, that's a good trade. Okay, now let's go to the Coyote side. You know, they one of the trades that they made in the offseason was getting Hosa's contract the books. Uh, Arizona, there was like a seven-player trade. Arizona, a couple key pieces that they got, Hinnestros and Osterley. And, man, I was watching that Coyotes-Ducks game last night. Vinny got his first career hat trick, and the dude... Oh, he's fast. That, 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 oh, it's interesting. Like, they are... Right, that team right now, it's 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 crazy. And it, I, it was, I'm so happy for the Coyotes. Oh, like, same here. Like, I, it, I, Coyotes I, make the playoffs. I'm going to I'm gonna pull out my, my practice jersey, and I'm going to throw that bad boy on. Like... 
I, I will say, like, and, and this is to be 100% honest, like, I think, you know, with Mob being out in Arizona, I, I think my second team is the Coyotes and the Diamondbacks. Like, sure. That's, that's, like, my now, and I'm not bandwagoning because neither of the teams are good right now, but I'm just saying, like, you know, we went to Arizona before. I always liked the Coyotes. I, that's my team I'm watching now. That's my They're team competitive. I'm, not good. They're competitive. They're competitive, but... But, you know, but go, you, going out to Gila River and like yeah. and, and going and seeing a game earlier this year and, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't a great atmosphere. By, by like the way, you by said. way, throw this out real quick while we're on the podcast. I have a free companion ticket. Right? Would okay. you want to split airfare with me and go out and see a Diamondbacks game soon? Oh Arizona. hell yeah! Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, we'll find when mom comes back, or you know, we'll we'll go and just say, hey, give us the keys. We'll run out there for like a weekend, catch a couple games. Oh yeah. Out. Because I, I have that companion ticket, so that means we could just split the cost of a ticket. Beautiful. I like that. Anyways, Anyways. sorry to get off that. Coyotes are playing so well right now. you got to look at a, a, another former Minnesota Wild player. Darcy Kemper. God, he's playing good. And, and this team, I tell you, they've got – signing Oliver Ekman Larson to that massive extension. Very happy about that deal. You know, you gotta you got to give credit to uh, John – Chaka. John Chaka because ultimately – He's the most. He's been the most aggressive GM in the NHL in terms of trades. He's yeah. he's really trying to get the right pieces. And Galchenyuk's playing well. Schmaltz played well. Kinnestros is playing well. Hustley's playing well. I mean, panic, panic too. Another Chicago guy, Jalmerson. They made the panic trade too. God, they made a bunch of trades. See those two teams. They should just continue making trades. It, it makes if sense they, if they ever need to shake things up. They're always good trade. I partners. wish Seabrook could go over to the Coyotes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know it's it's crazy with what Arizona is doing. Just be, just because they don't they don't have that. I mean, they have Clayton Keller, but they don't have like the Austin Matthews who would, that would have been sweet if they had dra- gotten the opportunity AM to draft th- him. Oh God, AM thirty four. But you know, hey, listen, this is it. Just shows you that you know a group of guys that are I hope pretty they make the, the same playoffs. level. I really, I really hope they do. I mean, man, this, good for the fan base. Good to see them like turning the corner from a rebuilding team to actually something that's working out. Absolutely. You know, last night I was watching the game and they were playing Anaheim. And I know you said you went to the home opener with Anaheim there, and there was like half the arena was full. I'd say about three quarters of the arena was full last night on a Thursday they night. They need like, to. They need you, to. You know, I mean, I mean that's I'm, the thing. They need a win to get that fan base, keep that fan base going to to games. I mean, what do you think about their practice? The Diamondback practice jerseys they were wearing. Did you see I think those? I, I didn't see those. Those oh. are kind of cool. Those are like the old purple and oh, yeah. green uh, colors of the old D backs um, unis, yeah. along with the Kachino logo. That's pretty cool. That is super cool. But and, I, I hope that <clears throat> I hope they can do something because honestly, it'd be great for the fan base. Um, but Chicago playing well. They're they're on their heels. Colorado's on their heels, and then you know you look at Chicago right now too. I mean they crushed. I mean Arizona they the other night seven to one. But then they also beat the Maple Leaves. They Gosh. cruised to a four nothing lead in the first period. You know who else is playing really well on that roster? Dominic is it Cahoon? 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 Who was he a draft pick or a free agent signing? Who is this guy? I, I that I'd have to look. He up. came out of nowhere yeah. and he's. You know, he might throw up a 50-point season here, which is phenomenal for, like, what you thought was a depth guy. Right. Like, the roster, I have to go back to it, they're scoring at such a high level. Like, Taze is going to have his best year in, like, 10 years. Yeah. Kane's going to have another 100-point season. You know, Dylan Strom seems to be a point-per-game player. Debrinkat, Debrinkat oh, might be the steal. We, we, we got to talk about Debrinkat. He might be the steal of the 16 draft. He is by far the steal of the 16 draft. I mean, he's right a superstar. Now, I would say he's the third best player behind Matthews and Line A. 100%. Um, man, that guy, he's on. So I looked it up. They were showing uh, during that Toronto-Chicago game about most goals in the season under 21 or 23 or whatever. And yeah. Steve Larmer has the record for 43. Debrinkat's got 38 right now. I think he, he, could, could, hit he, could, he could hit it. That would be something. I mean, man. Like and not to mention what a pick in that pick. Where did it come from? The Andrew Shaw trade. Andrew Shaw. Oh man, that's they got two seconds out of out of Andrew Shaw, and DeBrincat was one of them. That is draft capital management. See, yeah, I love DeBrincat. The cat, the cat. He's so good. This dude. I'm just excited about Chicago. I'm pumped about this roster. 
if they don't make the playoffs, that's fine. But at least they're building towards something pretty solid. You know, it, you know, and that's the other thing too. Like I, I like how Stanley B kind of did not do anything the deadline where he said, "Listen, we're just gonna ride this team out. We we need to just kind of build within and not have to just." He wasn't gonna add, but he you know also too like he I don't think he got what he wanted out of like because I heard he was close on a Nisimov and I think he he valued him higher. Which you know what at the end of the day is that the worst thing? Fuck no! Finally, someone evaluating their talent, Paul Fenton. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know Chicago. If you're a fan, you got to be excited about this. This season basically was looking catastrophic. It looked like it was going to be a you know they were going to have the Jack Hughes sweepstakes and but they played a lot better you know. God, they, but I mean honestly, you look at their roster and and there's a lot of young, mm-hmm. great talent on that roster. Absolutely, um, yeah. So uh, one more team I, I want to get to, team that just went all in at the deadline. They're they're fighting for a playoff spot right now. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Holy. Shit. Yeah, so man, if you're if oh you're a my. Columbus fan, man, you're white knuckling right to the end of the season because like what do you do? Like their team has been so bad and they literally traded their entire <clears throat> draft picks. Like they yeah. they have they have two picks in the draft this year. They have a seventh from another team and, and then like, like a, a third a round. Third. Yeah. You know, this is this is <sighs> this is worst case scenario for Yarmo Kikalainen right now. Yeah. He went I out mean, and acquired Dezingo, who I thought that was a smart trade. Got Duchesne. He went out and, and got paid, McQuaid. Got McQuaid. Kincaid is insurance. Kincaid. He basically he added a player at every position he could, and they just dude they cannot win. Bobrovsky to me, I'll, I'll say this: I'm never going to draft him in fantasy. <laughs> he's not playing. He's not playing. He's playing. He's playing to get out of the year. He wants to go play for another team. He's yeah. But here's the thing too: if he keeps playing like mediocre by the end of the year, he I wouldn't be. A, he's won I two Vesnas. That's the other thing too. Like he's, name me a free agent that's under thirty years old that's won two Vesna trophies that's ever fucking gone to free agency. You're not gonna find one, dude. They just do not go out there. He's gonna get a payday. I could even see a Philadelphia reunion. I, 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 I that that honestly was like the, that's like the only team I I see that makes the most sense. I mean, obviously I've I mean again we talked about the last podcast I. Think that there's a Panarin Bobrovsky package deal to Florida, and I was still under that six pack bet that you're thinking Panarin going back to Chicago. And did I bet on that? Yeah, you said Panarin will go back to Chicago. It's I a said six pack. I, it's a six pack. But so if, but, if but they don't go like to if they don't go to Florida or Chicago, Chicago then there's no then it's, okay, it's that's a wash. Fair. I don't see Panarin going to Florida. What's the fucking point? Their team sucks and they perpetually suck. They have one of the best two way forwards in the history of the NHL and Sasha Barkov. And they continually cannot do anything. They've got number one overall pick, Aaron Ekblad. They've got good goaltending, Reimer and and uh, Roberto Longo. Longo. But dude, yeah. they it's, are. Pers- and they've got Mike Hoffman, and it's like, oh god. Man. I know. Well, it, yeah, it's just weird. Like, but I've who watched- got Derek Brassard, by the way? Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, sorry, I just want to remember that. I I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Columbus, man, if they miss the playoffs, what a monumental shitty situation. Right. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. All those players they acquired are on UFA status. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing too. I, I think the other hope was for them when they acquired Duchesne that they would try to, you know, work out a deal right then and there with them. Um, I, you know, he's going to play this out. I, I think Duchesne will just be be a better fit on a team where he's like a number two. You know, I don't think he's. You know, where I can see him going. Who rebuilding Rangers. Yeah, I I could totally see that. I could totally see that going down. Um, I, I I don't want to see that go down because I think Duchesne, Again, it's just like anyone who goes to the Rangers signs that big deal. They just like they just flop. They don't. They just have the worst years of their career. Um, you know that's why. I was like surprised, I was surprised. Ben, the Zabinajad didn't move. Well, Zabinajad though. That's another guy that I think is better suited as a number two center. But he's played well as their number one. But I think he could be – he could excel more as the number two just because – just – Brady know. Brady Shea's a guy I wish that the Hawks could get. First off, he's like the best-looking guy in the league, man rocket. Second, he plays a great 200-foot game. Yeah. That was a uh, – yeah, that was just my opinion on that. <laughs> I have a man crush on Brady. Uh, but, yeah, sorry. so 
it's this will be interesting UFA year with Panarin, um, Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, all all pretty much everyone that's on Columbus is on UFA status. Dude, it's it's wild. It's a wild existence. Man, they got they got to get in the playoffs. All right, I, so it, I, I gotta ask to, to finish off the podcast. We can't do talk trades. The deadline's over. Who who who's your surprise team to make it in the East and the West? And then, yeah, just let's do that. Um, you know, I I'd say right now. Surprise team making it in the East will be Carolina. I mean, they've played really well, and I just it just seems like they're just they're just rolling right now. And but I guess it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me just because of how well they played lately. But that was a team that came out of nowhere this year, and they're just kind of after making that horrible Dougie Hamilton trade. They're like yeah, because like, you look at like Elias Lindholm who's uh-huh. having like a career year, and like Noah Hannafin, I, I don't think is as good as as Hamilton, but right. They they kept Furland, which was I think smart. Uh, if they're trying to make around the playoffs, try to get the fans in there. Um, my team in the East, I was going to go Carolina too. Yeah. I, I think they'll make and not make noise, but I think they'll get in. At least you know, get in. I got to ask you, not to jump off topic, the playoff format. I, I hate it. Like, I think everyone doesn't like it because because you look at it right now. With these the these first round matchups are fucking brutal. Like. Well, it, it, you either have a, a top end team playing a complete biff team, or yeah. you have two potential contenders playing each other in the first round, which makes for good TV. But like Boston shouldn't have to play, play Toronto, Toronto in the first round. I'm sorry. Uh, you know that God, that was a team I wanted to just kind of touch on quickly here. Um, Who Toronto? They didn't make any moves to the deadline. And, yes, they gave up their first-round pick for Muzzin. But, but, man, they needed some help. They need some more help on defense. I was a little bit surprised. It's kind of like their best well-rounded roster that they're they're going to have. They've had in about 15 years. I was a little bit surprised by that, too, especially because Kyle Dubas, you know, sometimes I think – No offense, here's here's my opinion of him. I think he thinks he's the smartest guy in the league. You know, and it's – I think it's like – you know he's so young, like he's our age. You know, and, and well, like yeah, Chaka's young too. But like, it, it, to me, it almost seems like he thinks he's he's above. I don't know. I I just get this air of a little bit of like ignorance. Like yeah, he you know because he's a stat guy, so he right. thinks he's a he's a fucking he's just kind of a big math nerd basically. Uh-huh. And Muzzin trade I thought was nice, although I I the way I kind of interpreted pre-Dubas was Lou Lamarillo making the moves and him kind of watching. I was so surprised, too, that in a year where you have a legitimate shot to win a Stanley Cup before you have to sign guys like Marner, like, why wouldn't you do anything possible to make this roster as competitive? Like, because you got to realize, too, like, Tampa Bay stood pat. They might go on to have, like, the best regular season since the Red Wings in 95-96, but... I can see Tampa standing pat because... No, 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 no. What, what I mean is that, like, they didn't add to the roster, and that's fine, okay? The, Boston's good, but Tampa, to me, is the only real threat yeah. against them, right? And had they added, like, a Wayne Simmons for what the price of Wayne Simmons went for Nashville? I thought Wayne Simmons crap. was going to go to Toronto. So, I, you know, and that's the other thing, too. I wonder if they're just sitting out there. They're going to they're gonna make their stand for next year because they know that Tampa is going to have to get rid of a couple key guys because they're strapped to the cap but still at some point you do have to just be like listen this is you have guys like Kappen and Janssen uh, Marner Matthews all on their entry level deals and you're going to have to pay them like once uh, once after this like they're going to lose like a Kapanen, Janssen or Nylander and then they got to ship Janssen out and then sure. they're going to want to ship out they may ship out Marlowe's contract which they might just let that ride out, but still, it's like, I, I, you know. I agree. That was a re- I thought it was just a big, you know, for teams that should have gone all in, God, and you just should have done something. I, I was I was very, and I mean very, just confused and disappointed by theirs because ultimately I was just like, God damn, like you, this fan base gives you everything. No offense, but the Toronto Maple Leafs, Basically cheated to get Austin Matthews. They did what the league told them not to do. They fucking they took a nosedive all season. They moved every single available player off their roster. Took on horrible cap because they could afford it. They basically did exactly what the league told them not to do. 
You know, they, you know the, the league came down and started slapping hands on Buffalo and Edmonton when they were starting to tank for McDavid. You know what I mean? It was Arizona, too, I think, was in there. But yeah. the Maple Leafs tanked horribly in every way imaginable and spit it in everyone's face. They have the money to take on, like, the Horton contract and all this other bullshit. And, and, and they get Matthews, and, and it's like, you know what? God damn it, this is not really fair to me. Like... Austin Matt, I don't know, it's kind of going on a tangent, but how is it fair that Austin Matthews, they get Austin Matthews, they can sign any free agent they want because they're Toronto and they can pay a ton of money. They have all this dead money on their roster from, like, shitty contracts that they took on. How can they do this, but yet other teams like Arizona would never be able to play this game? You know, like, the Ottawa Senators now are literally a shitty team and they have nothing to play for, and they're trying to play to not have the first overall pick, yet... The Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of years ago, literally said, well, "We're not even gonna. We're gonna do nothing. We're literally going to trade every single player who could score a goal away, and our hope is that we land Austin Matthews." Well, I mean, like I they've never at, well, even been in a top five scenario. Right. Well, let me ask you this: Like, what did? I'm pretty sure that's what Buffalo did in the Jack Eichel, McDavid draft. I remember they were they were shipping off guys left and right. I mean, I, I mean, I'd have to dice. Di- I think we'd have to dissect more into. But the difference between the Jack Eichel situation and the Austin Matthews situation was when Arizona and because it was Arizona and Buffalo. Yeah. When they were doing that, the league came down on them and was like, "You can't do this." You know, they were starting to. I heard they were negating trades. Toronto has. Maybe I'm going. On maybe maybe we can save that for another day. Anyways, so uh, it's been it's been quite actually a longer podcast than expected. So we'll just end it on here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you all tuning into. Should the we go to the book club and grab lunch? We're gonna do a book club. Go to lunch. Um, yes, let's do that. But let's. Oh, but we all uh, we, before we. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We the, get the, off, the beers. The beers. Um, this is a beer. I, I don't know what the rating scale is, Mike. You figure it out. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like four. You. Grab a six pack, five. That's a beer you can never turn down. Three is like you get that at the bar. Four, four. four. I'll, I'll go with four too. I enjoyed this when we went to the bar, um, guy. That's why I picked up a six pack here. So four surly, uh, sleek IPA. Sleek IPA. This has been another episode of the Purple Moose Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm here with my brother Jeff. Uh, thank you so much for listening, Jeff. Sign us off. Catch you later, gang. <laughs>